the story of my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. What's going on, Steve? How's it going tonight? Ranger Proud, what's up, man? Back from the vacay. How you doing, sir? Good. You you had a very nice vacay. I was admiring from a distance. Yeah, you know, um, Spain was very good. I actually like the food better in, in Spain, but I like the beaches in Portugal a little bit better. It's just a good re, uh, reset from, you know, it's summer just to get out, to travel. Um, but, yeah, it was good to, you know, do that. And then also got the, um, you know, it's all season, so it's a perfect time with the hockey and the basketball. But how you doing, sir? What's going on with you? How's everything? Still good. You know, keeping busy, working, getting a little bit of writing in, chilling well a little bit. Not a lot going on Rangers-wise. So, you know, this is that, that time of year. Free agency wasn't really a big wild thing as it was in previous seasons, you know especially with where the salary cap is and next year it's supposed to improve. So things have been a little quiet, but, uh, you know, just enjoying my time getting ready for, uh, for training camp and all that next month, uh, six weeks away. And also, Damn, already? Yeah, <laughs> training camp, man, gonna, I mean, time flies, man. Time flies. Um, let's sure talk, we'll, we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that, um, like all the moves that we could discuss, since the last time we've been on, we have we had an NHL draft, we had a free agency period, um, resigning of uh, players that we currently have, like Keandre Miller, uh, additional signings like Blake Reeler. We'll talk about that as well. Get to uh, around the NHL in the second part of this episode. We got Glenn with us. Glenn, what's going on? How you doing? RP and I. Uh, if you want to come up, we got the Zoom link as well. How you doing, sir? Glenn, Glenn, you there? He's there. <laughs> All right, let's see if that's it. Hold on, Scott, is that you? Scott, is that you? Uh, I am here. Yes. Okay, Scott is here, not Glenn. That is on me. Oh. What's going on, Scott? How you doing, man? Ah, it's good to be back. Uh, three weeks this time. Uh, that's I was going through withdrawals. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, I, I love the free agency we had. Uh, I think, you know, we knew going in that there wasn't going to be any huge names. You know, we knew Tarasenko wasn't going to be signed. We knew, uh, you know, these huge multi-million dollar guys were not going to be signed. And I, I, I think Drury did the best he could with, with, with what he had to work with. Um, you, you know, Blake Wheeler, um, you know, that's a great signing for less than, a, uh, you know, for less than a million a year. Um, and I think, you know, he signed a, a 
bunch of guys. It's funny because it was just one right after the other, and the the memes were going around about the you know the the, the dollar store and Walmart rollback prices and this and that. And uh, <laughs> I, I think he did a, a great job with what he had to work with, and I don't know if. Uh, um, if Barkley Goodrow is still on the block, I, I don't know. I mean, RP, I guess that would be a question uh, for you next time around because, you, know, you know, you're you're the salary guy. You're, you know, you're, you're our accountant. You're, you're the accountant of the show here. So I don't know if um, you know, he did so well with the cheap signings that I don't know if he's if he's dead on the block anymore. And, and, and you know, I, I hated that he was. I hated that, uh, you know, a, a guy like that, you know, the heart and soul guy, uh, fourth liner that we so desperately needed, you know, w- was on the chopping block for – to save like you know the what did he make what did he make three and a half million something like that um you know i hated that 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 guy like that had to go and you know i don't know if that's the case anymore because uh you know we filled in a bunch of blanks you know blake wheeler um you know we, with tarasenko and kane gone um you know, we were right back where we started with a big with a big time right wing, and 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 you know, and I think you know, obviously, you know, he's not Tarasenko or whatnot, but I, I think he is, um, you know, he fills a, a big void there on that uh, right wing, if not top six, definitely third line. If uh, you know, if Kako is ready to go on on the top six, if Lafreniere is ready to go on the top six, um, and you know, let's be realistic, they, they have to be. You know, if you know this team can be a contender next year, but I think it all depends on the young guys. Um, you know, Kako and Lafreniere have to be ready for top six, and you know, they have to, you know, they have to prove that they're that they belong there. But if they belong there, um, I think the rest, you know, I, I don't think we have any really glaring holes. If you know, you know, and that is a huge if, of course. But uh, if they are ready to rock on that top six, uh, I don't see any reason why we can't be a contender next year. Before RPS is that question, let me kind of alter the way you worded it. I don't think it's necessarily the young kids are ready for the top six. I think the fate of Gerard Gallant, and I really believe this because I I posed this question to you guys during the end of the regular season when the Rangers had nothing to play for. Was the coach ready to play them top minutes despite a heavily veteran type of roster it's hard it's, no. it's a tough position to play and you have to you got to guess it right because you could be dead duck one way or not or another and i believe it comes down to the coach willing to play those guys top. I, I think those guys are, are ready anyway they've been in the league a couple of years i think it's really more so on the coach rp if you want to add to that and then answer uh, scott's question on salary cap cap wow. scott click the link if you get a chance to join on the video it's uh, with regards to, to what you were just saying, Steve Gallant wasn't willing to make that move. He proved it when he didn't make any changes in the playoffs. That was his that was his opportunity to say, you know, something. Winning is more important than pride. Or, and, and I understand you want to use the guys that got you to that level, but it, it just wasn't happening. And that's where I would have liked him to say, all right, we're going to shake this up, even for a period, even for two periods, just to see. If you could have got them jump started after blowing the 2-0 lead, so um, I don't think Gallant was willing. I think Laviolette is going to do anything he can to get this team a deep playoff run. Everyone's been fully reporting it's almost Stanley Cup final or bust for this team, which is really hard for Laviolette. But if that is indeed the organization's goal for this season, as players are getting older and older, then I don't think anything's going to stop Laviolette from 
putting the best five guys on the ice at a particular time to see the Rangers achieve their goals. And to what, <clears throat> excuse me, what Glenn was saying with um, with salary cap, they don't have to trade Goodrow or move Goodrow. But if you're looking at some of the numbers that they they have right now, it's going to be really tight after they sign if they sign Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, Cap Friendly Zone is reporting right now they have $2.3 million in free space. Probably all of that, I would think, would be used on some sort of bridge deal for Lafreniere and the Rangers. So, you know, it, it doesn't give you a lot of room. But to be honest, guys, the Rangers aren't in that bad of shape. I, I think there's about seven or eight teams that are over or non-cap compliant right now. They have to get cap compliant by the uh, by opening night, either long-term reserve, trading players away off the route. So, so as tight as things are for the Rangers, they're not the only ones in this spot. There's a lot worse. Um, I, I think maybe the Rangers sign Lafayette, though I think it'll be a 22-man roster then, if I'm correct. And then from that point, let's see where it goes. You know, if you have to make an emergency call up, there's always a leeway. way if someone has to go on long term and reserve, you, you get a little bit of freedom. And then if things aren't going well and moves have to be made, then I guess Good Joe probably one of the first guys to go. Scott, you want to uh, respond? Or? I mean, that's a good answer. Um, <laughs> and, and RP mentioned uh, – <laughs> no, I, I, I have a question here. That's a good answer. Uh, I like that answer. Um, you, you know, again, because I, I love a guy like, like Goudreau, uh, you know, those fourth-line guys. You know, our fourth line was great last year. It was – you know, VZ, Goudreau, and Mont was the only line that showed up in the second half of that Devil Series. So, um, you know, I, I was I, – I still don't understand why, you know, we signed like – you know, 11 guys for $700,000, but we couldn't, you know, sign Mott for 1.5. But that being said, I think Pitlick is a good, um, you, know, um, you know, a good replacement for him. And I think our fourth line is still solid. If, if Goudreau stays, Goudreau, VZ, and, um, um, and Pitlick, I think, um, will be fine. Um, I have another question, uh, and this, I guess, you know, for both of you guys, you can take turns or whatnot. I know, Steve, I, I, I messaged you earlier about this. Our left wing situation is going to be uh, very – well, before we get into that, um, you know, RPU said something about LaViolette and, that, you know, playing, you know, the, the best guys regardless of, uh, you know, the, the – the, you know, the age, regardless of the experience and whatnot. And that's great. And I've heard that too. And I really hope that's the case. I'm, I, I'm wary about that though. I mean, I mean, I love the Laviolette signing, you know, I, we, when we were talking about coaches, you know, for the last couple of shows, I, you know, he was my guy. He's the guy I wanted. I've seen, you know, I lived in Carolina when he was there, see what he can do. I've seen what he can do with, you know, you know, overachieving with the Nashville team and the Philly team getting to the finals. So he's a very good coach. I'm happy about that. I'm just wary when I hear a coach say, you know, I'm 
I'm putting the best guys, you know, the best guys with the ice time. Or, you know, I don't care about contracts. I don't care, you know, because we've heard it before. You know, Gallant said it when he came in. Uh, you know, Quinn, you, you know, we, we figured, okay, well, here's a guy who only knows how to coach youth, you know, coming from, from college. And, and, you know, and he favored, uh, you know, all, all of the, uh, you know, the experience. And the, the, seemed the bigger the contract, the bigger the ice time. Um, and, and, and again, Gallant said that when he came in, he said all the right things, and then he favored, you know, all of the stars and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I, I really hope that Gallant, uh, that Gallant, uh, that uh, that Laviolette means it. But you know, I'm just wary when I hear that. You know, it's you know, you know, these coaches get to New York, they know that you know, they know the microscope they're under with the New York media, and you know, of course, they're going to say the right things. So, you know, hopefully, this time finally, mm-hmm. a guy means it. Um, but that being said, uh, you know I'm I'm excited about it. <clears throat> so I guess my um, yeah uh, the left wing situation I think is going to be very interesting because we have to assume and maybe he will maybe he won't but I got to assume at this point that Brandon Ottman makes the team this year. You know we thought maybe he would make it last year. He had a phenomenal uh, pre you know preseason. I think he only played like two games or whatnot. But I mean this guy was all over the ice. This guy would like. Desperately trying to be no, and he was noticeable. Um, for whatever reason, they wanted to keep him down another year. I think you know now he finally needs to come up, and I, you know, he's going to want to make that team. So if you know if he presents himself as a force to be reckoned with uh, on that left wing, that gives us five right left uh, five left wingers for four spots. Now let's just let's just assume Vizi is locked in at the fourth line there. Uh, so that's four guys for three spots: Panarin, Kreider, Ottman, and Lafreniere. And that is a very interesting situation because you know Panarin and Kreider are you know they've obviously established themselves. Uh, I, I, you know Panarin ain't going any lower in the second line, um, and Kreider probably isn't either with the last two years that he's had. Um, so what do you do now if Ottman makes the team and Ottman you know really? you know, is on fire and, and, you know, I can't see him going top six, but I can see him going third line. Where does that leave Lafreniere? Um, do we move him over to right wing and put him on the top six at right wing? Um, and then that, that would, uh, you know, with Kako being one, Lafreniere being two and, uh, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler being three, um, you know, I think we we just have one too many left wings. So my question, I guess, is, you know, if Ottman makes the team, and I really hope that, you know, they're smart enough to – if Ottman looks like he's ready to make – because I thought, you know, he looked like he was ready last year. If Ottman looks like he's ready to make the team, I really hope that they don't send him down strictly for that reason that we just don't have a left-wing spot for him right now, you know, with, with all eyes on Lafreniere. So I guess my question is, if Ottman looks like he's ready to make the team and should make the team and does make the team – what do you do? Do you put uh, Lafreniere over to the right wing? Um, you know, give him a chance to shine in the top six, or yeah. you know, what do you do there? You got one too many left wings. So whoever wants to take that uh, first, go ahead. Go ahead, please. No, I don't see that. Statistically, the experiment with Lafreniere at right wing has not been favorable, from what I remember. He's played his better hockey with the kid line at left wing. And they kind of did that experiment with uh, Lafreniere trying to, you know, plug and play, mix and match second and third line since he's been drafted. I think we, you got to keep him at his natural position. 
if anything, would they probably could make Renan Ottman go to right wing if he was to get a roster spot. So I don't think they would like to toy with that kid line. See, that's going to be actually a, a carryover to my next question for both of you guys, but I'll let RP answer that. So my answer is kind of keep the kid line intact because they're going to have to get us through the regular season. The veterans are the veterans. They're kind of more needed for the playoff push, and hopefully they deliver. So to answer your question with the left wing uh, uh, logjam, what technically five of them on paper, I mean, I, I don't see why if he would want to make the team, make the team as a right winger to still get to keep everything in balance. That's pretty much the short answer. I could get more into it, but let RP uh, get some of that. But I also actually have a follow-up question for both of you guys that kind of ties into the overall uh, point of, of, of what we're talking about. Um, really quick, um, Osmond would have to have an incredible training camp to make the club, and that's not an off towards Osmond at all. If Austin makes his team, then you're going to see either most likely Lafreniere traded. I, you're not going to keep Austin and put him on the fourth line for DC. Uh, that's, that's a waste. It's a waste of talent. It's a waste of his skill. and be a step back and stop. And he has to be on the top three lines. Um, I don't see you moving Austin, who had such an incredible season this year. He's had a great minor league career, OHL championships, world championships. He's, he's a left winger. Moving him is counterproductive to why you drafted him. Um, so being with that said, Kreider, Panarin, and Lafreniere, because we're excluding VC here, if he can make the team, you're probably going to have to move Lafreniere unless you wanted to gamble to put him on the right wing. When I say he, I mean Hoffman. I don't think that's the right move. Um, I don't think you're going to see the kid line together really quick with Steven. We were saying earlier, I, I have it as just when I was jotting things down, I have the bottom dog centering Kreider and Kako. I have Heedle centering the second line this year with Panarin and Wheeler. I have Trocek centering Lafreniere and Goodrow. And I have Benino centering DC and Pitlick. That's just what I had written out what I thought may or may not work. Personally, I really wanted Austin to make the team, but with all those little moves and, and those 10 signings, uh, I, I don't see where he fits in unless someone has a bad camp and Austin probably has the best camp of the best. That's not to say he doesn't come up. Emergency recall, things happen down the road, the Rangers are struggling and they want to make a move. I just don't think Austin starts opening night on the roster. Well, what you have to do uh, Scott, you want to reply or? Um, yeah. uh, not the answer I was hoping for, but it is an answer. Um, I guess none of the above. It's none of the above meaning I'm in not making the team. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we didn't say that. No, no, we didn't say that. Well, we didn't say no, that. No. I didn't say that. No, I, 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 RP said it. Um, I mean, that's. You know, certainly another possibility. Just if he doesn't make the team, then we don't have a surplus at left wing. So I guess that's uh, that's a way to go as well. Uh, what about yeah, is, well, do you say about the right wing situation? Like, if he was to make the team, was would right wing like that would show to me that if he was, I mean, of course, any player that competes wants to make the team. They'll they'll take whatever that's available for him for them. You don't think that would be considered 
an option for for him to make the team, or what are your thoughts on, on that? What, to put him on right like, wing. Well, Ottman going on yeah. right wing. Um, right. That's certainly a possibility as well. Um, I, I guess you know. I don't know about seeing him on the top six and in, in you know in his youth and rookie year that that would put Wheeler uh, on the top six. And then I guess it would be Kako, Wheeler, and and Ottman or you know with Ottman with all his energy you know if he's got the skill then you know, if 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 Laviolette is telling the truth about the you know rewarding the talent if he's got the talent then he could be top six. But yes, I guess there you would have uh, there there's your three right wings um, you know for the top nine. Um, certainly a possibility. I'm hesitant and and, and we can you know, reference Lafreniere last year, I'm hesitant to, um, you know, when, when guys that are, you know, that are natural, guys being put to other positions that they're not their natural position. Um, it, it seems more often than not, and maybe I'm wrong, it just in my my memory serves uh, more often than not, they don't excel at that new position. <clears throat> I mean, we saw with with, with Lafreniere last year, Steve, you mentioned that a little while ago, uh, when, when Kravtsov, went down early in the season. He got the call <clears throat> to right wing on the top six. I don't think he was terrible, but he wasn't as impressive as we would have hoped for. And that experiment, uh, <clears throat> that experiment did not go very well. So, you know, who's to say Ottman does it better? Maybe he does. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's certainly a possibility as well. Um, I, I like to keep guys at their natural position, especially as a rookie. He, you know, he's going to have so much pressure on him as it is. Um, just worrying about making the team. But, you know, maybe that's something they work on in training camp from day one. I don't know. Yep, that is certainly a possibility as well. Well, well, how old is he? Is he, is he 20 yet, um, Ottman, or, or is he still 19? What, you know, when the season starts. Anyway. Uh, anybody know? I'll look it up, but does anybody know? I don't know. Stop. I think I think he's not over 21. 21. I have it right. Hold on. I was just looking up some <laughs> other numbers, and you threw that one at me. <laughs> While you guys um, look that up. He's 20 years old. He's 20 years old right now. I don't know what his birthday is, but he's 20 years old. But really, okay, really, so, you really know quick what? on that. I think it's. I think if you look at everything Osmond's achieved and where the Rangers drafting him, moving him to another position, just putting him, just to get him in the route for now, is a bad move. He's, he's I'm a really comfortable that, player. Yeah. He's really comfortable on the left so, wing. He's won two World Championships, an OHL championship, and that was after being traded mid-season from Flint to St. Pete, and he made a run at the Memorial Cup. He had something like uh, here it is. He had. Uh, Eight goals and 25 points in 23 playoff games this year. The kids should stay on the left wing, and he's even willing to do the AHL stint if it'll make him a better 200-foot all-around player the following year. And that's probably the small move by everybody. Otherwise, the weight of the world is going to be on Osmond's shoulder to perform wherever they put him. Right, right. So, you know, that's Brett and I mean, Now, I know let's talk about the Blake Wheeler signing, and Scott, you referred to it as far as the discount <laughs> at right wing, uh, rollback. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it's really no surprise, longtime player, uh, former Bruin, former Thrasher, former Winnipeg Jet. Um, I, looking at his stats, now I didn't realize how well he did with the faceoff this past season. Never really was a great faceoff guy, but in limited faceoff, Opportunities he did do very well. 
And even in the Vegas Golden Knights series, if you can see right here, um, he was only one of the few bright spots. I remember the game one in Vegas. Uh, he did have a point in that game. Uh, just going back to the, you know, the last playoff series they played against Vegas Golden Knights, what he brings to the table. So shining a light on what he could bring to the 2023-24 Rangers. Um, you know, he's, he's playing about 20. He's averaging about 20 shifts. He had an excellent uh, game one right here, as you can see, with the three points. Um, two points here in games four. I mean, he had in, in, in the series where they were thoroughly outplayed by the Golden Knights, he was one of the few bright spots in their lineup. So, uh, 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 RP and Scott, if you want to toot your two cents on Blake Wheeler, and then we'll get into some Keandre Miller and his resigning as well. I brought up, I'll bring up the tapes on that as well so we can discuss his, pretty much his, his play on the ice on video. Yeah, you know, like I said, um, uh, on my first go-around, I, I, I love this signing. I mean, you know, we, we knew they weren't going to make a lot of noise with the big names, with the big money, um, and I think this is a great you know, signing for, for cheap. Um, you know, experienced, quality, effective right winger. That's what we need. I mean, look, the Rangers – you know, for 25 years have always made the biggest splash in free agency. We've always signed the biggest, most expensive, sexiest names out there. And how many Stanley Cups do we have to show for it? So, um, you know, why not, um, you know, sign a whole bunch of utility guys, a whole bunch of cheaper guys, because, uh, you know, signing those huge names has not done it for us. So I think this guy, you know, he's, proved, you know, he's 36, yeah, but um, you know, he's proven he, he, you know, he's, he brings a lot of experience and, and he brings effectiveness. Uh, I think he can still play just fine. Um, and, and again, hopefully, um, you know, we've got some youth ready to step up and, 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 and be, you know, two, two top, top right wingers. And then he can be on the third. I think that would be a perfect spot for him. If he is on the top six, I'm okay with that too. I'm okay with him being, um, you know, the, he, he just can't be better than Kako. That's guaranteed. You know, what we want to do with Lafreniere and who's that, uh, you know, who, who is so the other right wing? That's, yeah. Can I ask you this since we got the stats up? So look at uh, right here. Can you see right here, 2022-2023? Is this considered better than Kako's 2022-23 statistically? He plays 72 out of 82. For, for a 35-year-old, that's pretty damn good. And even this is what I was talking about right here. The, like the face-off. I mean, he, probably, he didn't have a lot of face-off, but he was well over 50%. That's Vincent Trocek uh, territory. Um, are we saying... A 35-year-old Blake Wheeler is better than a 21-year-old Capocacco at this point, even at this you point? Say, you, you, could, you could say that he's proven. I mean, he may not be better this year, but when, when you look at – like you're looking, you look at these numbers that he put up last year, 55 mm-hmm. points in 72 games, you, you know, I, I, I would think – to start the season, and, and let's remember something, when we start the season, nothing is etched in stone. Sometimes everyone thinks, well, that's how it's going to be for the whole year, and it doesn't need to be. It needs to find that combination and then giving them some time to gel and get that confidence, which we haven't seen in the past couple of coaches. But, but you know, Wheel has done a lot. Last year at 30, 60 years old, he had a career high in power play goals. He had a career high in game-winning goals. And in Winnipeg, he was tied for fourth in goals, third in assists, and fifth in points. Now, granted, Winnipeg wasn't a powerhouse team, but this guy was still leading 
He was the captain of their team. I think he's a great fit for the Rangers wherever they play him. So if he starts on the first line, if he starts on the second line, if anything, I'm just hoping he gives Kako some more motivation. Maybe he works for Kako and gives him that boost that he's been lacking. You know, maybe he just needs someone to, even though he's been in the league a few years now, maybe someone needs to really take him under his wing and go, this is how we do it and, and you can do it. And I, I don't know if that's going to work or not, but if not, then, hey, Blake Wheeler is just going to be an, even a better signing than, than what people think. So I was excited about it. I thought it was a great move. And Scott, yeah, and, this and, gotta, and, Scott that's, this has got to make you happy. The COVID year, we'll, 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 let's put an asterisk right here, but this is, was the COVID year. You know, that was a tricky year with the test, and people probably had to sit out 50 games. But outside of that, I mean, he's good for a good – since, what, third, 10 years ago, he's been good for at least 78 games a year. Yeah. Take away the COVID year. Yeah. I mean, you, well, this you know. 65 out of 82 is still not bad for a 35-year-old. But go ahead, Scott. What do you, this has got to make you happy. That's why I wanted to show you. We can show you the numbers and your reaction in real time. I want to see the Cheshire cat smile on your face, Scott. When we show you the durability on here, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, again, I, I, I love the signing. I especially love that signing for 700K. Um, and let me clarify what I said when it, um, what I meant when I said that um, he can't be better than Kako. That that's that's a knock on Kako, not a knock, but that's yes. basically saying Kako. If if Wheeler is better than Kako this year, then that's a serious problem. Kako yeah. has to arrive this year, and I mean arrive. You know, he is you know the the number two pick. Before behind Jack Hughes. I understand he's not Jack Hughes. He never will be. I mean, Jack Hughes is a legit top 10 player in the league as much as we don't want to admit it. I mean, the guy's an absolute superstar. But Kako needs to arrive this year no more. You know, he has shown steady improvement. Absolutely. Give him, give him credit. But he has to arrive as a force. Um, I'm talking... 65 points minimum, maybe 70 he has to have. And if he doesn't have that, and if Wheeler outscores him, then that is a serious problem. Wow. I would agree with I would agree with that. I, I'd agree with I would you, agree. but I don't know. I don't – I hate to say it. I don't know if Kako's going to have 70 points. You know something? You don't, don't, don't want to take that back. You don't want to take that back. As a fan, as a fan, I want him to. It's not that I'm mocking Kako. It's just I get some more realistic points. I, I hope he does. But that is a huge what, – what did he have this year? I, I don't remember what his numbers were this year, just total point-wise. I mean, are we talking about him doubling? I'm, doubling I'm looking his, it up as we speak. Yeah. As you guys look that up, so we already know, RP, your thoughts on Keandre Miller. So let's be honest, man. Um, he had a tough end of this, this season, this postseason, regular uh-huh. season, real sloppy. But we know about his cura- courageous plays. We'll put, pull up the highlights, you know, since his t- tenure as a Ranger. So we could discuss the highlights and, you know, your thoughts on the contract, RP, you know, on Keandre Miller being re-signed, your, your thoughts as well, uh, Scott. But what are your thoughts, RP, on Keandre Miller um, re-signing of him on the two-year deal? I, you know something? I thought it was a great signing because at the end of all of these the two years, he's still a restricted free agent. So people were saying, well, why did the Rangers give him 
so much money now when, when they had the control. First of all, they gave it to him because he deserved it, and I think the organization wanted to show their loyalty to him. Second of all, they don't lose any control on him. In two years, after this $3.8 million for each year for the next few years, he again is a restricted free agent. So they're still going to have to control. He's not even a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. He's just a regular RFA. And if he falls off where he is right now, then that will be adjusted at that time. So I, I thought it was an excellent contract. I thought it was well-deserved. Yes, he struggled at times this year. Yes, he struggled in the playoffs. But if you look at his overall time so far with the Rangers, it, it's been he's always been progressing in the right direction. And I think in this day in sports, it's nice to see an organization recognize a player and say, look, you know, we're really happy where you're going. We're really happy with you here. Yeah, we could have really played hardball with you with your contract, but here's a good two-year deal. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting better. And, and the next round, it'll be that longer contract, that four- or six-year deal that takes it into uh, UFA status. So I, I was – to me, uh, you know, another great deal by Drury. He, he's, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing as a GM. The players haven't lived up to their expectations yet. But you have to be happy with that deal. He's he arranged that we want to see here a long time, you know, with Fox and, and things like that. So I, I bet it was a smart signing. Um, Scott, before you go, I mean, as we were watching the highlights, I mean, this guy is Inspector Gadget on skates. I mean, this guy's got incredible fucking reach, man. And, I mean, I mean, this is nothing new that we haven't already seen in, like, every game with the Rangers. But, you know, as we're watching it and just the highlight, look at the recovery speed. Look at the long reach. You know what I'm saying? The poke check. He's probably got a top five poke check in the league. He may not be a top defenseman, per se, but as far as poke checks, because of his long arms – just they recover like it's a weapon scott your thoughts all right yeah no absolutely i think um you know i think he, he took a step back last year um but that doesn't mean we don't know the potential he has and what he has to offer so um yeah, I, I'm very glad that they re-signed him, and um, you know, hopefully that that was just an anomaly last year. Like, uh, uh, it wasn't a sophomore slump, but uh, you know, a belated sophomore slump or whatnot. Hopefully that's what it was, and hopefully he's uh, you know another year older, another year mature. But yeah, that uh, I mean, the dude's like a pterodactyl back there. It's funny because he'll he'll have a turnover, and <laughs> and then uh, you know somebody will, will grab the puck and come down, and then he'll catch him out of nowhere and you know from four feet behind the guy just poke check it away you know i don't know if that's his reach if that's the stick a combination of the two but i mean this guy has got a you know he's got a 12 foot wingspan he's, it's unbelievable and um you know hopefully he's got the uh the bugs out of his system from last year and you know if he's ready to take the next step then um you know that's a great signing and you know I, and obviously we know what he can do offensively as well i i don't know why you know shootouts are shootouts you know i again it's not part of the you know it's not part of the the you know the main hockey process but i don't know understand why he's not in the uh, starting three on shootouts every time but uh yeah no, but I'm, I'm excited about the signing and um you know hopefully um he know he knows he wasn't uh at his best uh last year and hopefully uh another year older another year more experienced and uh you know he's ready to rock now yeah the ranger fans could be petty uh rp already knows about this on rangers <laughs> twitter but but when we look at the like, it, the highlights is more about 
who he's doing these poke checks to. I saw it on Braden Point. I saw it on Jack Hughes on these highlights. He's doing it against elite forwards in the league and, and catching some of them from behind, like some of these Colorado players. So you, you can't outweigh – you can't minimize the terrible turnovers in the other zone that's kind of like really put a bad stench on his play as of late because you can't forget all the other shit that's had, that has happened. We've seen things – like even in the Philly game, Scott, like he's jump-started the offense with a turnover of the punt. He creates his own turnover and creates his own goal on a break. He's like, a, it could be a one-man break as a defenseman offensively. His problem is getting careless with the puck and careless turnovers. That was killing him at the end of this uh, last season and actually in the playoffs. So, RP, anything additional you would like to add on that? Yeah, I, I, you know, all those things that you were just saying, they're correctable. You know, being Yo, did you see that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you see that? Let me, let me go back to that. Did you see that? Let me, let me rewind. I forgot. What, what, what game was that? Oh, oh, that was the Philly game. That's the game we were yeah, at, was, Scott. The Philly. Was that, was that the game that we were at? I mean, I was at both Philly games, so uh, and they won both. Yeah, I, mean, I, didn't, I don't I remember. I haven't, that was our game with that ridiculous I didn't see the highlights since that game. Now, I haven't seen the highlights since that game. Hold on. Not the Senators oh, we're, game. We're, Rewinded that that, that that's, a, that's a goal of the year nominee. That is an absolute goal yeah, yeah, of the year yeah, nominee. That's what I was talking. Here it is, right here. There it is. That's the one, right there. Look at that. He got tripped up. And got back up and still scored. Holy shit! Like that's crazy. Uh, go ahead, RP. So you Sorry know, with, with 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 no, no, that's great. With, with that skill and those problems that you were just describing, to me, puck management is something that you can that you can teach. It's not being the ice overall, it's that you can help a player learn how to make better decisions in tighter situations where you're not giving the puck up, where sometimes I think a guy like Miller sees Panarin making those awesome cross-ice passes, and he's like, oh, I can do that too. Well, guess what? Many players can't do that. So, play Keandre Miller hockey. Don't worry about what some of these other guys are doing. Be smarter with it, and then with the skill that you have, you're just going to get better. So, all those things you're saying is something Laviolette and, and the other coaches can absolutely work with him on to, to make him just a little bit more crisper and smarter with the puck, and then he'll be getting opportunities like you're seeing here in these highlights. There was the old the, the goal with two seconds left or something against the Stars that time. You know, these are, he has so much skill that he just needs to fine-tune into some plays. It takes a little bit longer to get to that next level. Everybody isn't, and it's so hard in New York, but everybody's in Brian Leach. Everybody is an Adam Fox, even though he had a tough year last year. So I, I just think you just got to keep progressing, just keep getting better. And that contract tells him the Rangers believe the same thing. Just keep getting better. All right, cool, man. Is there anything else that on the Rangers front? I know we got a couple more minutes before we transition for the rest of the league. Um, anything else like the yeah. add, Scott? I got, I got one, one quick, one quick yeah. thing on my on my list, Scott. Uh, why haven't the Rangers signed Lafreniere yet? They only have $2.3 million. He can't really be holding out on it. So why not sign him and announce it and be done with it? Or it was Drury misleading the public when he said, I am absolutely not taking trade rumors, uh, trade offers for Alexis Lafreniere? Because he did say that at, at uh, development camp. Ah. Why has it been signed? I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, 
when, him coming out and saying, uh, you know, adamantly, I'm not trading him. He's not on the block. I'm not shopping him. Uh, w- wouldn't be the first time, you know, somebody in professional sports said something completely untrue. Or maybe he meant it at the moment, but the next day, you know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. So I don't know. Uh, that is an excellent question. Um, couldn't tell you. But let me ask this. And... <laughs> Because because I still want him. Um, we we got to mention the elephant in the room, Patrick Kane. Now he's going to come back. He's probably going to miss what fifteen games. Maybe he'll be back in November. There's no guarantee at his age that he will be effective, or he may be back to one hundred percent. We don't know. Uh, we know how much he wanted to come here. Um, you know, providing we're still a contender. If we can get this guy for like 1.5, and for some reason that number keeps sticking out in my mind. Now, we may not even have 1.5, I get that. But let's just say if we do without having to move, you know, Goodrow or somebody, you know, that that, that is, a, you know, an important piece of this team. If we can sign this guy at 1.5, uh, that surely solves a right-wing problem. And, and there is a guy who you could stick on the third line. When we got him at the trading deadline, uh, you know, we got him for top six. Uh, now we don't need him for top six, and he would make a great third-line uh, right-winger. And if we can get him for, like, 1.5, providing he's not, you know, done with the hip, if, if he can still play at an anywhere near you know, the level that we got. I, mean, I, I everybody was, is, is like furious at the guy. I, I don't understand why everybody, you know, why the hate for this guy since he's been here, you know, six points in the seven games. I mean, everybody died in games five and seven, six points in, in, in the seven games with a busted hip with age 34. I don't understand the hate for the guy. So if, if, if he's, you know, still got a high quality level of play and he only costs 1.5 and you know, and, and that would not would not take a lot of moves to to free up that kind of cash. If we could free up 1.5, and, and and that's you know, and he would sign for that, uh, yay or nay, I guess is what I'm asking. So, Steve, why don't you take that first? I mean, yeah, I mean, if you could afford it, make it happen. Um, I we got some unfinished business to do when it comes to the player, and I'm not ready to write it off. Um, there's got to be something to clip. Maybe the new head coach can make it happen uh, on the ice. I'm kind of being more patient than most fans when it comes to the situation. So, to, in a nutshell, man, I think we can – I think it can only go up. I don't think it could go down. So, I think it's going to progress. The short answer, the politically correct answer, per se. <laughs> um, and they... <laughs> I, I would just rather step away from it and and just move on. Uh, I think fans were kicked off with him because he came knowing he was hurt. The Rangers brought him in knowing he was hurt. They went through salary cap hell for five games when Lincoln got hurt, which probably, not that it would have mattered as much, but I think cost them home ice advantage in the first round. Um, I don't know if his heart was ever leaving Chicago. And if that's the case, I think it'll suck wherever he goes. Um, I really think that's something that he has to determine in his mind. Does he want to put another sweater on and really, really put his heart into it? Um, I know it was hard coming over when he got traded from Chicago to the Rangers. That was such an adjustment for the career that he had. 
of it. But I, I just don't know, and no one will really know if he can come back to the level, not of where he was, but to be successful enough to make a team that much better. I'm not saying that he can't help at all. I just, sometimes I'm like, let's just stick with what we have. And, you know, we, you're not going to know what kind of team we have in 15 games, especially with a new coaching staff and all. So if he is ready to go beginning in November, you're going to have to juggle two lines to make it work, and do you want to do that again? So, you know, I, I guess it also depends. Are we winning? Are we losing? Are we dropping multi-games? Uh, you know, there's a lot to it to see if they really want to make that move, what their cap is and all the injuries. Their, their salary cap makes life so much more difficult. I, I don't think the team wants to go through that a second time. Okay, that's Scott. fair. That's <laughs> why I asked the question. Uh, I did not expect everybody to, to be, you know, all in agreement. Uh, that's that's a fair answer. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, anything else I can't think of. Uh, oh, my last Rangers question before we get around the rest of the NHL. Um, I wrote it down. I don't want to forget that because the goalie Igor Shosturkin is. Quite simple, RP, and the question I wanted to ask, the point total, the blue shirts, based off what we know right now on the roster currently constructed, what's the current, what's the point total we should be going for, and which version of Igor Shosturkin are we going to get? Are we going to get lights out Igor Shosturkin from uh, 21-22, or, tw- or more of a not such a, a lights-out version of them uh, from this past season. And then your point total based on how you see the roster right now currently constructed. Where are the Rangers going? Is it 95 points? Is it 92 points? 98 points? 100 points? What are your thoughts? Nah, um, I'm high. What, what is it? The last the last two seasons, all eight teams were over 100 points. A lot of teams got better. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the Rangers to be in that 106, 108 point level because it's going to be another, another tight height conference, another tight division. Um, so I, I think they're going to need to be at least, at least in that 104, 105 point range. Um, with Chesterkin, I was looking at his contract. He has two years left in the USA. The Rangers really need to open the window and jump through the goddamn thing if they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Otherwise, you turn into that problem where now what could you offer Chesterkin to continue on with the Rangers, knowing that we really haven't won anything with them. And I know it sounds like a crazy thought, but to me, no one is placeable on this team. And I know that sounds crazy, but we haven't won anything. You know, it's nice to have 108-point season. It's nice to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But at the end of the day, it's about championships, especially for New York. So... I don't care what Chesterkin does in a regular season. I don't care if it's which version of him. I need Chesterkin to get hot from game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Because we saw it this year in the playoffs. Aiden Hill got put into the net and got hot when he came in and took the Knights all away. And, and Bobrovsky practically did the same thing for Florida until he just got, you know, they had a lot of injuries and then walked into a really hot Golden Knight team. But he got hot at the right time. They made it into the playoffs. They last 10 12 games. He picked up his game and took them all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. 
I'm not worried about regular season and, and, and how great he is or isn't. I need that guy to find fifth and sixth year when mid-April hockey starts. Scott, what about you? Your thoughts on um, Igor? What version of him are we expecting to have in this upcoming season? Two seasons ago version of Igor or this past season? And by the way, guys, I'll send the new link for the, the video, the Zoom, to come back up. Go ahead, Scott. Um, I'm not worried uh, about Igor. Um, you know, I, I think we'll get uh, back to the Vesna form. And, and, and don't forget, the whole season, you know, was not, you know, he, he got it together. Uh, he definitely got it together. It took him longer than we would have liked, um, and you know that, that's certainly a possibility. You know, we talk about uh, losing that home ice advantage. Yes, you know, maybe uh, the, the the chess match of, of salary that uh, that that Drury did to get Kane that certainly had something to do with it. And you know, maybe, maybe uh, you know a, a couple bad goals, a couple games here and there. Um, you know, when before Shesterkin found his game. Um, you know, but he got it together. He fixed, you know, him, him and uh, Lair fixed whatever was wrong with him. And I think he got back to just about Vesna form uh, before the regular season ended and I think uh, in, into the playoffs. Um, so I, I'm not worried. I think, um, you know, and, and, we, and we talked about that. Anytime a guy wins a Vesna or Fox with the Norris, you know, there's going to be a drop-off the next year. It's just, you know, not possible. It's not likely to, to to not have some kind of drop off. You know, the, so he had it, and you know, but the fact that he was able to get it together for the last like what third of the season or whatnot, um, you know, fills me with confidence that we're going to get Vesna Igor back uh, next year. That's that's what I believe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, we can transition to the rest of the NHL RP. Um. Any thoughts from around the league you want to bring up? Scott, same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, sure. I have something interesting to start with. Yeah. So the first-round draft pick, number one overall, Conor Bedard finds his entry-level $950,000 cap hit for three years. And then he winds up getting a $13.3 million contract based on his bonuses, mainly his performance bonuses. It's a pretty incredible contract for a kid that hasn't stepped on the ice yet. I understand the way it works with cap hits and the bonuses are different and all, but Chicago's given this kid $3.5 million performance bonus this year, next year, and the following year. So he's making 10.5 just in performance bonuses of his entire contract. Pretty optimistic for them, isn't it? I mean, that is... That is a damn great contract for, uh, what is he, 20 years old, 21 years old, whatever he is. I, I thought I thought it was a pretty damn good offer. What do you, uh, is it good? Is it too much money? Is it Chicago trying to show their rebuild has begun? But I, I just noticed it yes, uh, today, and I was like, wow, that's, that's more than just the average entry-level contract for uh for most first-round players. I, I don't think Jack Hughes got a contract like that. I have to look back. But I'm not talking about Crosby and Gretzky and all that, but as good as this kid is, I just feel like Chicago put, they put a lot of eggs in the basket to kick off this kid's career. Your thoughts, Scott, on that, on the uh, rookie-scale contract? 
Uh, well, you know, I mean, if he meet those, those are some lofty goals. Um, you know, I mean, they, you know, they're talking about this kid as, as as the real deal. They're 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 constantly comparing him in numbers and whatnot to uh, to McDavid. Um, you know, pretty much every top ranked draft pick uh, can be a superstar right off the bat, unless he plays for the Rangers. <laughs> we know that. Uh, so, you know, maybe he, uh, he is the real deal right off the bat. Maybe he's not, maybe he's not the real deal at all. Um, as long as the, per, the, the contract is performance based, uh, you know, good for him, good for the team for, 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 you know, for hammering that out. If he makes it, uh, if he meets the, those, uh, you know, those expectations and, and, and gets, and gets paid as a result, uh, good for him, all power to him. Um, I, I, I don't see why. You know, a lot. You know, these top-ranked guys. Why these rookies? You know, need to be making. Uh, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars for the first three, four years of their careers. You know, if, if he can, you know, uh, going to use my phrase again. Uh, if, if, if he can hit the ice with his ass on fire, then uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and meet the expectations of those contracts. You know, good for him. Get yourself paid, kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good for the league, man. Um, play, you know, rookie players getting their getting the bag, and as far as uh, – that, that shows that the league or team, individual franchises are willing to cut that check, and, and it's going to put more emphasis on – it really flows down the, the rest of the, lot, the guys' line. So if the top guys get played by, by logic, it's, that, that flow on a scale should flow to those other guys, and I think that's good, and especially if they perform well, that's good. I, I'm, all, I'm all for that, man. And I know the league yeah. is really tight when it comes to the salary cap. Um, but I also, RP, let me ask you, well, not even ask you this, let me, I did watch the NHL draft, and it did very fucking good. Um, the rating, and then this is good for the league, and I know this is something, Scott, you've been killing the league about marketing, or killing the league about exposure. I, you know what, I, I thought having it in Nashville was a very good thing, because that's a, you know, it's a, it's become a hockey town, and also, the fact that they had it on the draft on a Wednesday, because usually last couple of years, I remember they've always had had it more on a Thursday or a Friday. They put it up to Wednesday. I, I was reading the, the stats. The, the viewership was up 49%, up to 681,000 average viewers. Matter of fact, it, it peaked like, at, like what, 700-something or 800,000? I thought the league did well. The league did well with the draft. RP, what are your thoughts um, as far as the NHL – the draft, the presentation was good. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the league's been smart about things. Uh, they've been trying to do the award ceremony and the draft in the same city. It helps the league out. It gets more people to come down. It gets more exposure for all these players between the awards and and, and, and the draft. Uh, I know they, they had the dog at the award show, which I thought was kind of funny. He was on, on set with the TNT guys. I thought that was that was done really well. I, I think it's important to get these kids' faces out there as much as possible. You know, uh, the NHL draft isn't the most of all the sports. Uh, there's no real college like with football when you know a lot of these guys and you've seen them play getting drafted. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. We talked about this on and off for years. Because of the viewership went up almost 50%, are they? Do you think they're really going to build on this, or or, or like like Scott has always said, and I agree. 
hockey's kind of in its own league. They don't necessarily care about competing with the other leagues. They just like, hey, we'll just do we'll do us because we are the NHL. Like, how how do you think the NHL? Because NHL is on TNT now, the different TV. So I I would think they're trying to build something, right? Or what are your thoughts on that? Based on what we yeah, saw, I, the playoff run, you know, the ratings with the with Vegas and um, the ratings with yeah, I, I think they're trying to build the overall grow of the game, as we say. I, I think from an NHL draft perspective, it's it's a little bit harder because most fans, and, and even the NHL for that part, doesn't really promote the OHL, the ECHL, the Quebec Major Junior League, or the colleges. And I think if you want to really propel the kids coming from these leagues and becoming NHL professional hockey players, well, then the NHL has to get on board showing, and, and it could be simple things, show more games, college hockey games in the United States, Boston College, Cornell, whatever it may be. If you get those games on, then maybe people will pick up with it. But the difference, and I should say the difference, the problem with that is it's not football when the NFL plays mainly on Sundays, a game or two on Monday and on Thursday, and Friday and Saturday is for college. The NHL plays every day. There isn't really a dedicated time. You're not going to show uh, a college hockey game on a Saturday when the Montreal Canadiens are playing at home on a Saturday. It's not going to fly. So I think the challenges for the National Hockey League are different than other sports because of how much hockey they play. They play all week. They play back-to-back games. So I think it's hard to grow the sport from a minor league or a college perspective. On the flip side to that, I think they have an excellent opportunity, to, especially with TNT. I think their ratings were higher than with ESPN because of the staff they have pre-game, post-game, and their on-air talent. To really, in a simple way, they can make the game better. They don't need all the, you know, what with Fox did with Glow Talks and all that crap. To show the game and get the right people to talk about the game in its own period and during the game, I, I think. TNT is very smart. They got the majority of the NBC crew to go over to them. And I, I think they telecast a good hockey game. I think their free game is, is funny. It's entertaining. I, I enjoy seeing Wayne Gretzky talking to everybody. And you don't get to see that often. Hear his perspective, you know, even with Lundquist. What do you think in, in a playoff game going into overtime? How did you respond to a goal getting scored with, with a minute left in a period, you know, and you got to really hear people who have recently played, and, and Greg Hugh recently played, that has all those wins and that skill. I, I think that, that there throws the game sometimes more than what happens on the ice because they can really bring it to the table. So I, I think just if they just keep doing what they're doing and don't get lost in, in graphics and stats and, and all other stuff and just put the game on the ice, which is what the fan wants. I want to watch the hockey game. I'm not into pregame and all the hype and all the rah-rah. I want to see the guys do what they're supposed to do in, in any any game, playoffs, regular season, Rangers, Canadians, whomever it may be. And I think that's how your game gets better. Everything else happens afterwards. Scott, do you approve of what the NHL has done with the viewership of the 
Well, I, I, I like the uh, the draft being in Nashville. Um, <clears throat> you know, you guys are definitely right. Nashville has turned into a great hockey town. Uh, you know, when that place is rocking with their chants and whatnot, and that the car beating thing they do in the park, you know, they they they, they definitely embraced it. So that's a great city. Uh, so I'm glad that uh, that they got rewarded. That was a great move. I'm honestly surprised uh, that the draft was not in Vegas, uh, along with the award ceremony, the all-star game, and, uh, you know, the Winter Classic, you know, I was, I'm surprised Batman hasn't declared all of that will be in Vegas every year for the next 20 years. Uh, so, yes, uh, I'm just wary because it seems that every time they take a step forward, they're going to do something to take three steps back. So uh, let's see how he screws it up. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a little props for having the draft in, in Nashville, but that's it. I mean, too many things went wait, wrong wait, this year. <laughs> wait a minute. Three out, wait a minute. Three, three out of four is not bad. You, you, you're still on they, Vegas Golden Knights not, you know, getting eliminated. But Toronto got eliminated. The Islanders got eliminated. <laughs> the Devils got eliminated. Three out of four, 75% is not bad, Scott. Yeah, and let's be realistic. If you told me going in with the Devils, the Islanders, uh, and Vegas and Toronto all in the playoffs, if you told me going in, like a genie came to me and said, uh, I can knock three of those teams out, but one of those teams has to win the Stanley Cup, that would have had to impede. I would have to pick Vegas out of those four. So, you know, the Devils and the Islanders is obviously a no-brainer, and then the Leafs and Vegas is kind of a toss-up. But, uh, you know, we've seen what Leafs fans have become. So, you know, I, 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 beggars can't be choosers. I can't, you know, the fact that I got three of those four teams out, uh, you know, with my hating shoes uh, laced up nice and tight, uh, they can't. You know, I, I can't complain that one of them won the Stanley Cup because that was the one that that's the one that I would pick. So uh, it is what it is. Gary Bettman got his wish. Uh, your Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions, and and hey, look at this. They got a, they have the Winter Classic coming up next year too. Thank God because those fans have waited six long years for the Winter Classic. Good for them. The waiting is over. <laughs> no, let me say one more thing about the promo. Like go back to what RP was saying. It can be done. It's just going to take years of investment. I think the NBA is kind of starting to have a little bit of that problem, RP, because even though you have college basketball, but pro basketball players, Scott could probably attest to this, even though they do go through the college route, a lot of them, there's a lot of players going into the pro basketball from different circuits now. It used to be predominantly college basketball. Like 99% of your NBA players were from college, like back in the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. Now they come in through the, uh, the, the, the smaller circuits, like the G League, the G Unite League. They're coming from France. It's kind of like the NHL right. now. They're kind of almost in an NHL right. situation. I, I would say if the NHL is really serious about growing the sport, that, 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 we would have to ask them that question to invest in OHO content to be streamed. Kind of like with the NBA. Like if you go to the NBA app, you can stream a lot of the G League games on the app. If the NHL wanted to promote the OHO so you could be more familiar with like I have to go out and look for that type of content. It's, it does take a lot of work to find that and pull up the games and highlights. It's not readily accessible for a subscription fee. So my point, RP, like, I don't know if the NHL really – I mean, they're at a start with TNT, but do you think they will actually go that route where you could see other circuits, specifically the Canadian games, like on an NHL app? 
like so you can actually be familiar. So by the time you get to draft time, like oh, I did see him play for um for uh, for uh, Kingstown or, or or some OHL team. You know what I'm saying? Or Windsor. You know what I'm saying? What What are your thoughts? Do you think the NHL is going really going to go that route, like a big long term plan? I I don't I don't because I I think the problem is between let's use let's use New York an example. We have three pro teams, so there's hockey on almost every night. The NHL Network shows a game. TNT shows two games a night. ESPN shows one or two games a night. There really isn't a lot of time for me to say, I'm going to sit down and watch an international game or a college game. I I have enough trouble sitting down to watch when the World Junior Championships are on during uh, the Christmas break or even the World Championships when the playoffs are going on. And NHL Network shows a lot of those games. They show all of the World Junior Championship games, actually. Almost all of them are on all the different countries and all. And it's still hard to sit down and watch all these games because there's just so much NHL hockey. And I think for me, I tend to lean, I would rather watch Connor McDavid and Edmonton play one night than to watch a kid in the minor league. That, that's just me. There might be other fans like, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in who's coming around or can balance it a little bit more. So I, I think it's a preference, but I don't think the NHL average fan is in-depth to where the kids are coming from as much as football or basketball. I just think that's just how we're, how it's been. I think it would be a real, they'd have to do something really innovative and unusual, maybe like a doubleheader, you know, a college game. Right, yeah. And it's like, like Boston College is playing Cornell at Madison Square Garden in November, in November. It's called the, the red game or the red zone, whatever they're calling it. And then sometimes the Rangers play that night after. Maybe the NHL Network should get on that and, and show both games that night. And maybe that would draw people, hey, you know, Saturday afternoon, I'm going to put this game on. It's BC. You know, a lot of NHL players come from there. Something like that might work. But to do it at the level where these other sports are, I, I would think it, it, it would take a lot of work. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the fan. Do I want to spend another subscription to watch something else between streaming all these other channels? I don't know if the fan is going to reinvest into that. You know, cable is so expensive as it is. And now I'm streaming all these other nonsense but, channels that I stream. You know. But but do you think the NHL will go that route knowing that pretty much sports is going to I mean, Scott's is streaming. He'll tell you. Everything is like what we knew what was once cable has kind of slowly it's converted gone. to streaming. Yeah. Like oh. even Netflix has considered live sports. You know what I'm saying? Like. Even right. the, the big, the, the mighty NFL is going on Amazon Prime even the last couple of years. I mean, they didn't even have to, but they see where – it's coming down to the – not us old guys. It's really they're targeting the younger fans to try to reach them right. on the streaming. I'm surprised the NHL isn't really ahead of the game because I, I kind of talked about this years oh, – not years ago, months ago with MLS or how they went that route with Apple, uh, Apple TV. Mm-hmm. But, you know – it, it, take, it would take a lot of investment if the NHL was serious. I mean, that's why I say if they were serious. Scott, you have anything you'd like to add? Because you're, like, really big on that kind of stuff with the streaming, uh, marketing. Yeah well, yeah, well, that's the problem, the marketing. It's it's never been the availability. I mean, you know, because every playoff game is on one way or the other. And, you know, us, 
you know, hockey fans, we'll find it. You know, we'll we'll look up the, you know, you go to the NHL app, it tells you what, what channels are. We'll, we'll find what we want to watch, whichever game, whichever player. You know, it's the marketing, though. They need to, you, you know, get the word out. To, they need to market the league, and they've always been terrible with that. I mean, look at this year, not one Stanley Cup Finals game on network TV. That's a problem. Um you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but if you follow right. like uh, you know ESPN on 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 on, um, uh, on Facebook, I am bombarded with stories about the WNBA. The stories about hockey during hockey season was not even close to the stories right. about the WNBA that I get on my feed, and that's a problem. And uh, you know the. Uh, yeah, you remember um, when I lost my cool uh, when, we were, when we were talking when that that, that Rangers Penguins game toward the end of the season and everything they were talking about Crosby 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 Penguins Penguins they weren't even in the playoff spot and they didn't make the playoffs <laughs> like come on everything Crosby Crosby see that's a problem um, you know it may have worked for them for you know 10 15 years but it's not going to work anymore um and and, right. and the biggest disaster of all was the, the 2018 finals you know you had the best storyline you had vegas in their first ever season an expansion team in the finals um you know Bettman's baby Bettman, all he wanted right there was vegas in the stanley cup finals you had alex ovechkin finally that elusive stanley cup you know for for you, you know the, the you know one of the greatest players to ever play the game finally you know you had the greatest storyline and the there was no marketing none and then on top of that they win the stanley cup you know the game is on nbc regular real legit you know channel four nbc they win the stanley cup they bring out the stanley cup and an ovechkin gets the cup first and then when he's done and hands it off they immediately cut coverage now yes they they continued coverage on nbc sports us three, we'll, we'll change the channel. We'll go to NBC Sports. But yeah, your but average sports fan right. is not going to change the channel. Maybe they would probably keep watching, um, you know, the Stanley Cup, even even the average sports fan, even, uh, you know, NASCAR fans down in Alabama know what the Stanley Cup is. You know, your average sports fan, they would keep watching. But they're not going to change the channel in the middle of the Stanley Cup celebration. I mean, the NHL has just always been a train wreck disaster. So it's not the availability of games it's getting the word out. It's, you know, what, what was the viewership down 22% this year from last year in the regular season? Um, you know, it, it, the fact that, that when those numbers came out, you know, the NHL didn't call an emergency meeting of all of their execs to get in there and have an all-nighter to figure out what they did wrong. The fact that, you know, <laughs> that's a serious problem. They just don't care. They just don't they just don't care and they're just not doing anything about any of this. So, you, you know, whatever the availability has, yes, um, we're going to go, it's going to become streaming. That's going to be the mainstream. So the games will be there, but they're not going to tell anyone about it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised about that. Cause even cause like RP, like even baseball went to Amazon. Prime. I was shocked that I'm watching some baseball games on prime, knowing that if you get the MLB subscription, you could get it through your telephone carrier, cell phone carrier. NFL, that they really was doing that with the prime. Even soccer says, screw it, we're going with Apple. I can see the NBA doing it. NBA doing it with their smaller circuits. I'm, su- I'm surprised the NHL is not, well, they're not going that route, like, already. You know, with all these streaming, uh, Hulu or something. You know, I, I'm really surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, but I, I think I think Prime is a different animal because so many people already have Amazon Prime. But when the baseball games are on Apple Apple TV, they said the ratings were horrible because people aren't going to subscribe to Apple TV to see two Yankee games a year if you're a Yankee fan. You know, so many millions of people have Amazon Prime that putting it on there isn't that big of a gamble. There's so many people have it. So many people don't have Apple TV. I don't, I, I don't subscribe to Apple TV. And if they put two Ranger games on a year, I listen to it on the radio. I'm not going to subscribe to it for two hockey games. But Amazon Prime is different. If you're going to show every Thursday night game on Amazon Prime and how many millions of people have Amazon Prime, it's not costing them any more money to watch that game. Okay? But if you're going to put it on, I mean, I heard people complaining when MLB was doing Facebook only. People are like, I don't want to sit on my phone or my laptop and watch a game. It's just well, not people well maybe not us, doing. but the kids will. Like, the younger generation, the kids, yeah, the, they don't care. The, the, the younger generation will, but in, in a game in the beginning of the MLB season, you're not getting the younger kids in it. You're not getting the older people in it because there's no interest in April and May. But what, what I'm saying is, is you first have to decide what demographic you're going after. Are you going after the, the 18 to 28, 30-year-old fan, or are you going for the older fan? The older fan's not going to sit on the laptop. The true diehard Yankee fan isn't going to watch Apple TV. They'll listen to the game. They'll put on the radio and listen to Sterling call the game before they pay for Apple TV. But with football, football's a little bit different now. It does depend if you're an Android or Apple. Because some people, those Apple people, I like you're Apple, there's some diehard Apple people. They, they, you know, if they're an Apple fan in the yeah. NHL, they're all in. You know I, what I'm saying? I give you that. So you can reach a lot. compare, you know, the, the Apple TV to Prime. Like, you know, a, a grandfather will go to his granddaughter, hey, you got Prime. Can you set up so I can watch the football game tonight? You're not going to hear that with Apple TV. So the NFL going there, I, it was it was a win-win for the NFL because so many people already had that subscription. You know, look, MSG is going to a full streaming service. It's supposed to be happening in September, meaning you don't need to have cable service to stream MSG. It's going to be like Disney Plus. Now, to me, that's awesome because now I can find dump cable because nobody carries MSG. Now, if I want to get rid of cable and go to YouTube TV or Google or whatever. I'll consider it now, where before, if I can't watch Ranger Hockey, then don't even come talk. But, look, at all the Comcast, look at all the Comcast people that couldn't have them watch Ranger games in two years because Comcast and MSG couldn't come up with an agreement. Well, this is why they're doing it. They're going to get all those subscribers back, and MSG is going to make more money than they were doing with Comcast. That, 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 that's a great point because the Rangers kind of are not in the situation like most teams in the NHL because, as we know, as Rangers fans or, let's say, Knicks fans, that, when you hear the word MSGs, either you're going to the arena or you're turning it on your television because they've been putting out that for so long. Like, MSG, okay, mm-hmm. the game's on MSG. Other teams, like, I don't know, like, they have those, like, Valley Sports or... Fox Sports or, you know, in Canada, they got the TSNs. I don't think they have that effect like how, like even the Jersey games or the Islander games or even Buffalo Sabre games are on MSG Plus or something like that. So is they have kind of earned, they built that up. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
if the NHLs are going to make the investment, they kind of have to take the approach of what MSG has been doing pretty much all my viewing life because that's all I've known if I haven't gone to 33rd and 7th to watch the game. The game's on MSG. It's tied to the right. name of the arena. So the Rangers in that aspect actually have a distinct advantage over, let's say, the rest of the league because I'm pretty sure a lot of those other franchises that have been on multiple networks, they don't have a, their own you know, home network like MS, MSG. They're in the driver's seat, actually. Kind of like with the Yankees with yes, same thing, you know? Right. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Scott, anything else you'd like to add? Or, or, or RP, and we go around for final thoughts after that? Or? Well, I think I got everything out. Yeah, as do I. I... <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing else. Uh, hockey. Steve, when is um when is the next show? Are we back to every uh, two weeks now? Every two weeks. Yep. Every two weeks. So in two weeks from now. Okay. Um, just let, letting you guys know, I will not be in attendance on uh, August first. I will be in Aruba. So I'll. Uh, oh, I'll you doing? I will. Lucky <laughs> Yeah, I will not be doing it on location uh, from Aruba. I don't want. Nice. I don't want to talk. I don't want to think about or talk about hockey from a ninety degree Caribbean beach. Are you going? Are you going? So you're going scuba diving, basically. That's big, you know the ABC Islands, basically scuba. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'd like to get to the uh, the B and the C. I have not been to yet. Uh, this will be my. Uh, I got four dives, uh, four scuba dives uh, booked. Um, it's honestly, starting to get repetitive uh, on that particular island. But you know what? It's it's the Caribbean, 100 feet down. There's shipwrecks, there's reefs. You know, does it really actually get old? You know, I'd like to see, I'd like to get a little variety, but you know, it's still beautiful down there, and I'll do it anytime I can get there. Absolutely, man. Scott, thank you very much uh, on, on your thoughts on this episode. Uh, RP, you want to? Uh, I'll take my final thoughts, RP, and then you can go ahead and close this out. Yeah, no, it's good to talk hockey with you guys. Um, you know, I you know good for the NHL and the NHL draft, uh, the re-signing of uh, Keandre Miller, Brett Blake Wheeler. Um, you know, I think the Rangers kind of done, but as best as they can with their financial situation. So no, necessarily. <laughs> is that Juan Dixon? <laughs> yep, it's Juan Dixon. <laughs> yeah, that's the Terrapin. That's the Terrapin. Great. Oh, Scott, do you want to redo your starting five for the Terrapins right now? I would still have. Um, you know, John Lucas is a sleeper, but I will put John Lucas. Nah, nah. Maybe Lucas might be on that list. Dixon, Lynn Bias, uh, Joe Smith. Know, oh, yeah, definitely Joe Smith. So I'm, then whoever you want to put in after that. Well, of course, Joe yeah. Smith, because my, my freshman year was his uh, his sophomore year, his uh, Naismith uh, Player of the Year award winning year, and, you know, it's just unbelievable what I watched. Uh, as for the rest of that, um, let, me, let, me, let me put that on hold. You got to give me some heads up. <laughs> this is the second time you did that to me. You got to give me some time. Let me think about. It. You know what? And be easy on us, Yankee. And be easy on us, Yankee fans. By the way, you've you've been kind of killing us. You know that's not directed at you. That's uh, there's a couple people that get a pass, and you're one of them. But um, no, there's not a lot of them. Um, don't I have no venom for the Mets fans. Like I have no smoke for the Mets fans. I. have I have, you know, listen, I, this whole, this whole I know, century, like, I, I don't, like, you know, the Mets, I don't have an issue with. Like, I have issues with, like, Houston, Boston, 
pretty, pretty much those two kids that I can think of. Or anybody named Juan Batista, Carlos Correa, you know, guys like that. Like, I have an issue. It, it's, it's different, though, because you're, you know, with the Yankees, you're up here. I'm down here with the Mets, so it's different. I'm, I'm always looking up. And you know, you know, like think of it like we're both we haven't won in Giants. Well, we haven't won in 14 years, and I know you guys haven't won in since '86. But I'm not. That's not shade. <laughs> I'm just saying it's been a, it's been it's getting up there. It's getting like almost like, like you know, not what 15 years behind the, the Rangers at this point as far as the chip. So, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. RP, you want to close this out? Make your final thoughts. I got nothing. <laughs> I get with that. Oh, my, little, my to-do list. I, I wrote a uh, I wrote a post-it here. My Maryland top five. It's uh, it's it's going on the laptop. So I'm going to do some research on that tomorrow, and I will get back to you on that. I know Gravis Vasquez. I know that's your guy. So I know he's going to mm. be somewhere. He's a sleeper. Like I, I get why you he he, he, he underrated two thousand points for. But oh, go ahead. I'm sorry about he's that, the, RP. Your final thought. He's the great. He's the great All dude right. killer. Yes, we love him. Please. We've covered everything. There are no final thoughts. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys in two weeks. Hopefully by then, Lafreniere signed. Maybe some excitement. I wouldn't count on it. This is the dead part of the year, guys. From now until the Paris tournament, if the Rangers even go to the first tournament, it's going to be a little quiet now. So, you know, just chill out, go to the beach, drink and smoke cigars, and be happy. You guys hey, have a good night. Hey, Sounds good, man. Shout-outs to Scott, RP, myself, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, The Bleed Blue Show. We'll be back. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud in two weeks. Cover some more off-season hockey here on the phone for the fans, The Bleed Blue Show. Sorry, Ranger, so ladies and gentlemen, Bleed Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.